This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Taylor Cornelius, that's the name you got to know. That's the Elks quarterback on Saturday against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The game's at 745. Our coverage here on 630 Chad starts with the countdown to kickoff at 6. New restrictions Cornelius. for the it is his birthday today. He was a walk-on Oklahoma State University in 2014. Then he earned a full scholarship in 2017. He was the starter in 2018, his fifth and final year there. He went 7-6, and six, threw for just under 4,000 yards and 32 touchdowns. Pretty impressive stats. He went to the Green Bay Packers rookie camp in 2019. He played in the XFL in 2020 with the Tampa Bay Vipers. That's where Jamie Elizondo was the offensive coordinator. The Elks signed him earlier this year on February 9th, about six foot six, about 230 pounds. Big guy, as Dave Campbell said, likely more mobile than Trevor Harris, so maybe able to scramble a little bit, keep plays alive. I, I would guess he's going to need some scrambling with that Winnipeg defense coming at him, and maybe that can help throw that defense off a little bit. They are very, very, very good. You saw what they did at the Saskatchewan offense in the Labor Day home-and-home. So uh, it, this is a tough test for the Elks. Is it an impossible test to pass? No, I will never say it's impossible, but it was going to be very difficult with Trevor Harris at quarterback, so I would think it would be extremely difficult with a guy making his first start. Maybe it's going to be the good old Cinderella story. The Bill Murray from Groundhog Day. Not Groundhog Day. It wasn't in that movie. The other one with the little chipmunk. Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Was that a chipmunk? A woodchuck? There was a gopher. A gopher? It was Gopher. a gopher that was his arch nemesis. I'm getting all these movies mixed up. And we were talking about, uh, wasn't Bill Murray and Kingpin, that movie that came up a couple of days ago? Yes. Good callback. <laughs> I, I, I planned all that, Kellen. Absolutely. I, I planned to make three incorrect movie references just so I could call back to something from earlier this week. I, I wish I had that foresight. Uh, anyway, that's the story. We're going to get a little bit more here on Taylor Cornelius. I can tell you the uh, Thursday night football game continues now two minutes into the second quarter, Giants leading Washington, 7-zip. The Oilers rookies play the Flames rookies at 5 o'clock on Saturday. Then they are in Calgary for a rematch on, uh, on Monday night. The uh, veterans continue to skate with the captain skates, the informal skates at Rogers Place. The rookies are on the ice at the downtown community arena. Training camp starts for real for the Oilers on Wednesday the 22nd. That is next Wednesday. Preseason action for the Oilers starts on September 26th. We have every game for you throughout the season right here on 630, Chad. And, uh, of course, uh, we'll always keep you updated on the Oilers on this show and on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer from noon to 2 every day. It's an outstanding program. So here's uh, here's what we can go through. Let's, let's find out more about this chap we're going to have playing quarterback for us. Uh, Brock Sunderland's the GM of the team. Here's his look at Taylor Cornelius. 
He played at Oklahoma State, had a very good season. He beat, I believe, beat Texas at Texas. He took Oklahoma to overtime on the final touchdown at the end of the game at Oklahoma and the Bedlam Bowl. So he's played in big games. He's played extremely well in big games. Uh, none of us feel like he's going to go out there and feel this is too big for him. He's a tall quarterback. He's close to 6'6". He has a cannon for an arm. You know, you guys were here this week. I'm sure you saw the one that I think it went about 70 yards in the air to Greg. So uh, he's played on the big stage. He's capable. He's been here from day one. He knows the offense. Again, we have all the confidence in the world in him and in Dakota. And, you know, no one knows who Tom Brady is until Drew Bledsoe goes down. I'm not putting him in that category, but what I'm saying is you have backup quarterbacks for a reason, and sometimes you don't know the true talent until they're put into these situations. Well, we're going to find out. Jamie Elizondo, the head coach, here's his scouting report on Cornelius. A lot of poise. Obviously, he's got a cannon of an arm. Um, you guys have seen it all training camp. He can stick a throw into tight windows. He's accurate. I think his composure and his toughness, you know, he's just very even keeled. The kids played in some big-time environments, went down to Texas when he was a starting quarterback at Oklahoma State and, you know, beat him, uh, won that game. and. Stuck an incredible throw at, uh, to send uh, the, the game against Oklahoma, their big rival, into overtime. So he's been in big environments, um, but I think toughness, arm strength, accuracy, and, and poise. All right, so we hear the all the good things. Hopefully we see a lot of those from Taylor on Saturday. By the way, you, wanted a, you want a movie reference. Cornelius was the name of one of the apes in Planet of the Apes, Kellen. Cool. The one played by Roddy McDowell. Oh, okay. Oh, now you know. Yeah, well, he was in ape makeup. Yeah. Is it ape makeup or ape, ape plastic? Do they put an ape ma- mask on them? I don't mm. know. <laughs> Rowdy Roddy McDowell. Wow, there's, there's some more the research for us. How did they do the makeup in Planet of the Apes in 1968 or whenever the original movie mm-hmm. came, came out? They blew it up! Damn you all to hell! So just a quick update just popped across my screen here, Reed. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles just beat the Yankees in 10 innings uh, free two. So that helps the Jays in their playoff push, I think. It does. Jays didn't play today. Thank mm-hmm. you for that update. I was too busy quoting Charlton Heston at the end of Planet of the Apes. Just that scene, by the way. Yeah. If, if people haven't seen that movie, they have no idea what I'm talking about. Right, right. You should, you should see Planet of the Apes at some point in your life. One of the greatest twist endings of all time, though by this point in history, probably everybody knows what it is. Mm. Uh, Taylor Cornelius, how prepared are you to play, buddy? Been getting a bunch of ramps, obviously, through training camp and everything like that. Coming up, definitely the first time in training camp was a little different, getting with uh, all the waggles and motions and stuff, but got those down finally and uh, ready to roll this week. All right, so there we go. Now, Trevor Harris is on the six-game injured list. When is he going to be back? Brock Sunderland was asked that question. No, and that's, again, why he's on the six-game is is any type of injury like this is unpredictable, and we just don't know. And these are ones you don't rush. If it's an ankle, a knee, a shoulder, you're very eager and like, hey, if you can maybe get through it, maybe you try to. Anytime you're dealing with a neck or head type of situation, it's the polar opposite. You're, we're going to... The challenge here is going to be Trevor. We're going to have to pull him back. He's always eager to go. Even today and yesterday when he said he felt fine, up until he pulled himself out, he's always going to be someone that wants to be out there. So reining him in is probably going to be the biggest challenge right now. All right. And uh, now with a quarterback injured, is Sunderland going to sign another quarterback? 
We're looking at that right now. No final decision has made been made at this exact time. We're going to see what, how he's feeling tomorrow. And as we get through this weekend, we have a bye week coming up. That's going to help with the time frame with him a little bit. But we're exploring our options. So that's certainly not off the table. That might happen. We haven't confirmed just yet. All right. So we'll see what happens there. So what's going to happen here? Is this going to be a quarterback that comes in, struggles for a few games, and we're just holding our breath, waiting for Trevor Harris to come back? Is, is this going to be a disaster that's going to completely knock the Elks out of playoff contention? I mean, they're kind of in a precarious spot already as it is. Or could this be the ultimate happy story? And let's let's talk about the optimistic side of things here. Could this be version 2.0 of a gentleman by the name of Ricky Ray? Now, we go back to the 2002 season for this. The team was good. They had Jason Moss at quarterback. He had supplanted Nelon Green in the 2001 season. And then late in the fourth quarter of a game against Saskatchewan, the team's getting pumped. They wound up losing 45-11 to Saskatchewan. Jason Moss gets hurt. Ricky comes in. Game wasn't going well. And then he starts the next game against the BC Lions. That was July 26th at Commonwealth, 2002. And uh, I'm sure many of us were feeling how we're feeling this week. Who is this guy? Okay, fine. He did this and this before. Now, Taylor Cornelius was not driving a chip truck at some point in his life like Ricky Ray was. But who was this guy? We saw him in relief in a blowout loss. We saw him in the preseason. Ricky had actually looked okay, if I remember correctly, in the preseason. But still, it's the preseason. Well, how is this guy going to do? Well, he was awesome. As Dave Campbell mentioned, four touchdowns in the, in that debut. Uh, he had something like a nine or ten play drive for a touchdown on the double E's first possession of the game. And it was a 37-27 win over the BC Lions. They did lose their next game to Montreal, who uh, was another league powerhouse then. And then uh, they won five in a row. I mean, they crushed Hamilton 33-5. to They beat Winnipeg 35-32. Beat the Argos 30-7. to Won on Labor Day 28-20. Won the Labor Day rematch 45-11. Then had a loss to the BC Lions. And eventually Moss did come back and play a, a little bit. I actually think he, if I remember correctly, he replaced Ray in a game in uh, Hamilton and helped Edmonton pull it out in the second half, a 34-33 win, though Ray remained the starter into the Grey Cup, which Edmonton lost 25-16 to to Montreal at Commonwealth Stadium. But then Ray takes the team to the Grey Cup championship in 03, goes to the NFL in 04. They win the Cup again in 05 with a lot of help from Jason Moss coming off the bench in the West semifinal and in the West final against BC. But Ray turned out to be the uh, Grey Cup MVP that year so uh, look is that where we're headed well that's kind of a fairy tale story what happened with ricky ray but i'll put it out there just to uh, i don't want to talk all doom and gloom on the show tonight but that that was the uh, ultimate case there what what ricky ray was able to do for the double e when uh when he debuted back in 2002 and then was an outstanding player for the team for several years and then he was pretty good for toronto too after he got traded but we won't talk so much about that side of it it is 716 with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The hotline presented by CertainTeed, 780-496-0063. CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. We're back in a couple of minutes. All right, now 7-7 Giants in Washington. Thursday night football in the NFL. 9-16 left in the second quarter. Looking forward to the Sunday nighter coming up this week in the National Football League. We got uh, Baltimore. Home, home team, Lamar Jackson, star quarterback against the Kansas City Chiefs, star quarterback Patrick Mahomes. They're a powerful team. Going to try and watch that one for sure. The Seattle Seahawks, the team you and I both support, Kellen, mm-hmm. will be taking on the Tennessee Titans in the afternoon. Seahawks uh, pretty heavily favored in that game. Titans Go Seahawks. Good, good week one uh, result. And uh, the Monday nighter. Now, Monday night, we don't have a show. What are, what are we preempted for? Something's going on. Uh, Some sort of event going on Monday. I'm not sure. Major federal election of it's us. The, it's, I think. it's big enough that they're not going to let us do a show. Mm-hmm. On, uh, on no, So no inside sports on Monday. Lions and Packers the uh, Monday nighter. And as I mentioned, the Oilers rookies are playing in Calgary. So I'll probably watch the uh, Oilers rookies game streamed online. I'll be going to the game on Saturday. Should work out well on Saturday for uh, hacks like me. You can go to the Oilers rookie game at five and then head over to Commonwealth for the 75, uh, 745 kickoff between the uh, Elks and the Blue Bombers. Three, mm-hmm. First of three meetings this season between those two teams. Tough schedule for the Elks. You know what they got coming up at the end of the year, three road games in seven days. Uh, man, oh man, they will be scratched. Well, you know what? I hope they're scratching and clawing to make the playoffs because I, I don't think this is a team that's going to, you know, only would lose one or two games the rest of the way. So I hope that they do well enough that they can scratch and claw to keep their playoff hopes alive and that those final three games are, are meaningful when they have that tough uh, road schedule at the end of the year. Taylor Cornelius, your quarterback. Again, uh, I want to just, I, I say this over and over again just to make sure I get it out so people understand. If you've already heard it, uh, I apologize. But if you're going to the game on Saturday and if you are 12 years or older, you have to provide one of these two things to get into the game. One of them, proof of a minimum of one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine, or you have to have uh, proof of a negative COVID test taken no longer than 48 hours before game time. So that's as of 745 tonight. Anything after that for a negative COVID test would get you into the game. Uh, The approved forms of uh, proof of vaccine are your provincial health records, even if it's a screenshot or something off the web, or the official documentation from your vaccination appointment so those are uh, the details there thanks for bearing with me controversy hal says i hope and wish that taylor cornelius is his own version of mike riley great arm great toughness well you know i i, I really think that that comment uh, nails it at 7804960063 look if you're a pro quarterback whether you're in the nfl or the cfl you're you're one of the top, what, 150, 120 quarterbacks in the world. You can throw the football. You, you can throw the football. Can you do it under pressure? 
can you keep plays alive and you, can you play with some toughness and lead and maybe inspire your teammates? And, and Riley was outstanding doing that here in Edmonton. And he's still outstanding doing that in BC. Now with Riley, there were growing pains. The 2013 season was not great. They were four and 14. Um, but it was a team that you could kind of see coming. They had some exciting losses where they still scored a lot of points or they fell behind early and rallied at the end. Uh, but you could kind of see it coming with that team in 2013. And then in 14 and 15, obviously they were really good with Chris Jones at the helm. So yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Of course, you never know until you see the guy play. History tells us a quarterback making his first professional start often does not go well. But as I told you with Ricky Ray, it doesn't happen all the time. Uh, Bill says, I know you don't want to get into it, but why only a minimum of one dose? I thought vaccines at events mean two doses. I guess they don't want to lose too much money. Uh, well, I'm happy to answer that, Bill. Here's the thing. The, the stuff with the, the vaccine passports or, or the restriction exemption program, whatever the government is calling it, it's a vaccine passport program, starts Monday. The Elks had already said prior to this that they will require two doses for the games in October. So I, I think what the Elks had to do here was adjust on the fly, come up with something that was ex- acceptable for the city of Edmonton as well, since it is a city facility. So they've come up and said, okay, you know, we haven't told, we didn't give our fans enough notice to get two vaccines for this Saturday's game. They had told people that for October, but not for this game. So I, I think this is some sort of a compromise uh, that you got to have one dose or proof of the negative test. Um, you're right, Bill. For most events and things we're seeing happening, fully vaccinated means two doses. Uh, look, I, I think we know through all of this, Bill, there, there's there been a lot of adjusting on the fly. There are some things you can say, well, how come it was A in this situation, but it's B in this situation? Or, or you know, wh- why is it C now when it was D yesterday? I, I, I get it. I'm just telling you that's the rule for the game. Uh, the Elks were going to have uh, no vaccination requirement for the game on Saturday until what was announced yesterday. So I, I think this is them ad- adjusting on the fly. If hey, and again, I, when I say I don't want to get into it, I I, I don't I don't want to debate this with people. It goes on all the time. I'm just conveying the information. Um, and I, you know, reading what happened here, I think that's why it's 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 one dose. And Bill, I don't know from your text if you agree, disagree, are happy, unhappy, or if you're just asking a question. Whatever you want is cool. But that that would be my answer to you. Hopefully, that I get it. If you want to write me back, that's fine. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We're gonna have some fun with Mooner when we get back. For the Giants now up 10-7 on Washington, 409 left in the second quarter there. Elks, Taylor Cornelius will be the quarterback on Saturday. Trevor Harris on the six-game injured list with a neck injury. We do not know when he will be able to return. Elks game is at 745 Saturday. Our countdown to kickoff on 630 Ched with Morley, Dave, Blake, and Eddie. 
will start at 6 o'clock. Looking forward to that. The Alberta Junior Hockey League regular season starts tomorrow. Uh, a short announcement today from the AJHL. They say, as per provincial restrictions effective today, all spectators attending AJ games this weekend must wear a mask and maintain two-meter distancing between households. The AJHL will provide an update regarding participation in the restrictions exemption program shortly. That's the vaccine passport program. So I would assume uh, if you're double vax, you'll be able to go to AJ games comfortably as we uh, move along here. I, I just had a thought, and I realize that's alarming for many of you, but bear with me. We, uh, we, we were meandering on the show a couple of days ago, and Cam Moon texted in while we were doing this, and Mooner's on the line right now. Hey, Mooner. Hey. So <laughs> he's, he's, Mooner's always ready to call in. I'm so ready to go. Some, somehow, I don't even remember how this came up, but we started talking about movies, watching movies on long bus trips. And, uh, well, Kel, actually, it was Kellen that was talked about the Gerard Butler movie 300 and said it's not a bowling movie, which I thought was a very clever joke. <laughs> and uh, so then we started talking about that other bowling movie that I couldn't remember the name of. It turned out to be Kingpin, and I said that was probably a, is or was a movie that got uh, played on a lot of bus trips with university and high school or junior hockey teams and things like that. So as we talk to Mooner, I want to lighten the mood here. It's it's a heavy time. It's been a heavy couple of days for a lot of people. 780-496-0063. I want you to tell us mooner and i the the a memorable movie you used to watch on sports trips or on long bus trips either with your team or this could be if you were in a band or whatever or maybe you were uh and uh, maybe you were in a traveling band you know but something you watched on a bus trip that a you know you really liked or uh, b maybe you didn't like but you had to watch because everybody else was watching or c maybe you just got sick of <laughs> over the years because i mean i can imagine mooner like in your case the play-by-play guy can you imagine some like high school basketball volleyball coaches they probably like oh my god not this movie every again every every weekend for the next three months <laughs> well and see that's the thing like in junior hockey or if it was high school sports or whatever the players change but the movie stays the same you know the players graduate they move on every you know how many years but the movies don't change so if you're coaching there for a long time or working there for a long time you're getting the same movie again and again and again yeah i mean i'm trying to think now like i i played high school sports in an era where we were on a school bus we didn't have a bus with a, a, a vcr or anything like that. Uh, I did go on a couple of road trips with the Lloydminster Blazers in the early 2000s, uh, and I honestly can't remember what they played, but they had TVs on the bus. But, I mean, I'm going to guess over the years, you know, probably any of the Ferrelli Brother movies, you know, Kingpin, something about Mary. I would imagine, yeah. you know, Black Sheep or Tommy Boy would be on that list. Oh, um, oh Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy yeah. got played so much. It was unbelievable. Black Sheep, not so much, but Tommy Boy, you're talking, yeah, that is... Uh, Chris Farley at his absolute finest. I, I think I, I'll put Tommy Boy right at the top of the heap for sure. So when you now we do because you and I discussed this off here yesterday, and and you did note, and I want to get to this, a significant change in recent years. But so the Rebels are going on a, on a bus trip. Uh, yeah. First of all, who is selecting the movie or movies, and would would you or the coach have any say where you might say, okay, enough, or you know that might be a little too racy for this environment, to the age group, or, or whatever? 
Or maybe there okay. was nothing too racy. Well, so here's how it all started. When I first got there, we left the players in charge of it. But that got a little hit and miss. So then I was like, you know what? I'll just do it myself. I'll be in charge of it. So then I was doing it. So I was the guy making the selections. It was on me. Um, and I got a funny story about that that was, oh, horrific. Let me t- I'll tell it to you right now. This is... <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to tell this, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Oh, here we go, um, everybody. This is this is terrible. This is like one of my most embarrassing moments ever. Are you sure so, you're comfortable? I don't want to yeah, make you whatever. uncomfortable. Ah, whatever. <laughs> it's all for the sake of good entertainment, and that's what we're trying to provide here this evening on 6.30 Chat. Uh, so it was a Friday night tilt against Lethbridge. And in my busyness of the day, I forgot to go get the movie. So I'm in a panic and I'm like, I need something like right this second. And I was at my, I was at my house and I didn't have time to go to the, to the video store and do all that. that. I, like, I got to go straight to the ring. So I was, I said to my wife, like, what do you got here? She goes, here, I just rented this movie. Take it. So I grab it. I go, I get to the rink. I look at it and my heart sinks like into my shoes Oh, my God. It was Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore. <laughs> so I, I'm on the bus going to Lethbridge going, like, this wouldn't be really bad if the Rebels lost tonight because you're not going to watch a movie if the team loses. And, like, I want the Rebels to win, but, I mean, if they tank this one, it wouldn't be so bad because if they win, then that's the movie that's going in. Lethbridge wasn't very good then, and Vigier was quite good then. So, of course, the Rebels win going away, and I'm just like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. It goes in, and I took heat for three and a half hours back to Red Deer. Uh, never been kissed. I just gave it a quick Google. This was post my blockbuster video career, so I'm not up to okay. date on it. I have not seen it. It's a 1999 American romantic comedy starring Drew Barrymore, Jessica Alvey, David Arquette. Uh, I will just read the first sentence of the plot summary. Josie Geller is an insecure 25-year-old copy editor for the Chicago Sun-Times who has never had a real relationship. One day, her editor-in-chief assigns her to report undercover at a high school to help parents become more aware of their children's lives. And I assume hilarity and romance ensue from there. And it is not a movie targeted at 16 to 20-year-old males. No, I, and comedy's a little, that's a little loose. It, it was a romantic movie for sure. Funny, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, okay, so I took some heat for that, and deservedly so. You know what? I deserved that. I had to own that. Uh, so then after a while, uh, we, we didn't go through a video store anymore because they didn't exist. So then players would bring whatever they had. You know, now we get into the DVD area, you know what I'm saying, era. And then players brought whatever they had. But we always held the right up in the executive class seating to make the final call. So if they brought us something, like, no, 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 we're not watching that. <laughs> so, so it never got too bad. In um, one time, and this was this was early 2000s, and it was Joel Stepp, who was an Anaheim Ducks second-round pick, he gives me this movie, in, and I had never heard of it at the time. And he goes, Mooner, put this in. I go, 
stepper I've never heard of this he goes trust me trust me and he looks me right in the eyes and like he's never been more serious about anything in his life and it was office space and to this day I thank him because it was one of the greatest movies I've probably seen 20 times since um, I, I, I'll never forget Joel Stepp for you know coming up with that one and I really appreciated it uh, Ryan says Slapshot was number one on his trips yeah. Cowtown Bob and his Merry Band of Traveling Dancing Cows says, I used to take a bus full of clients out to Banff every year for a day of skiing. Our favorite thing to watch on the bus was the Don Cherry Rock'em Sock'em hockey videos. Yeah, for sure. That would be popular on a, on a bus trip for sure. I'm wondering too about the, I mean, you, you and I were kind of focusing on the, the screwball comedy type things, you know, the goofy guys like Chris Farley. Uh, I'm wondering were the, you know, the Terminator 2s of the world, the aliens of the movie, you know, the, the more action genre, did that get any play? Not a, a little, not a lot. It was mostly comedy. Uh, you know, you're anything, you're Jim Carrey, you're, you're dumb and oh, dumber, like that one, yeah. you know. And, and you're, uh, you're Adam Sandler, especially in the early years, the, the Billy Madisons, uh, Happy Gilmores, like uh, Big Daddy, like those got a lot of play. Um, yeah. That, See, those are the ones, like the Sandler ones, those are the ones where I would think as an adult that might be like, okay, First couple times, okay. Third weekend trip in a row, I, I <laughs> you'd have well, to veto see that, that. But that, that, that wouldn't happen. Like you'd get it once or twice, like a season, maybe. Okay. You know what I mean? Because they would rotate through so many different ones, and then you, when you got to the mid two thousands, the early to mid two thousands, I thought there was a really good run of comedy, uh, like all the Judd Apatow movies. Like I thought they had a really good run when you had. Uh, whether it be like 40-Year-Old Virgin or, or any of those ones with uh, a lot of Will Ferrell movies in that time too. Super bad. I mean, super bad. We, pro I, we probably watched that once a season for I don't know how many seasons, maybe 10 seasons, because super bad is that good. Um, so, yeah, early to mid-2000s, I thought there was a really good run of comedy, and it's dried up. But when was the last good comedy that came out? Seriously. I don't know. Nobody makes good comedy uh, anymore. So. The two Ted movies were pretty funny. They're quite yeah, but that's a filthy, while back though. Now. Oh, yeah, uh, we'd watch Ted every year. Uh, Len says, how about Borat? <laughs> that, that's a yeah. funny movie. Oh, yeah, sure. That's what... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you sort of a serious question out of this, and we're having fun, and I appreciate people texting in and having fun as well. Th things have changed now with personal devices and streaming so i want you to yeah. touch on how that has changed oh. and, and do you and do you think that that could that hurt team camaraderie if they're not all sharing a viewing experience on a, on a bus trip well i think it does but yeah and, and this is what you and i were talking about the other night and you were asking me about the movies more recently and, and i said to you that well we hardly ever watched movies because everybody had their own stuff they had whatever downloaded on their computer or a tablet or whatever so uh, we did have satellite television that had the nhl package so a lot of times we would watch the the last period of a west coast game uh, which i really enjoyed because you know we're watching sports or if there was no hockey you'd watch like if there was uh, like late baseball or football or something 
but it was usually hockey, which, I mean, that comes as no shock. But, yeah, it seemed to take away, like, I, I always thought it was, there was something about everybody taking in the same movie. I don't know. It's it's no different than the if you're watching a movie at home versus watching a movie in the theater. I, I think the theater experience is far superior because you're, you're watching that movie with other people and, and you get the reactions of other people. So, yeah, like I, I, I think something was lost along the way because there, there wasn't as many, you know, share, like the experience altogether. And, and I, always, I always enjoyed a good comedy, especially one that I'd already seen and I knew that Brent Sutter hadn't. And I'd wait for the funny parts to see him lose his marbles. That was the best. Like watching Brent enjoy a comedy was was one of my favorite things. Because like if it was funny, like he would think it was really, really, really funny. See, Brent's gonna be mad letting the cat out of the bag that he actually laughs sometimes. That he's not just yeah, this well, stoic, serious guy all the time. I'm here to tell you, it definitely happened. <laughs> Yeah, Moon Oilers play-by-play voice joining us tonight on Inside Sports. All right, rookie camps uh, off and running. Certainly the Holloway story was the big one yesterday. So I, you know, so I think some interesting storylines on defense with Broberg and Sam Rukoff. Uh, we'll see, uh, I guess, up front with guys like Lavoie and uh, Borgo. I don't know Borgo's not going to make the team this year, but how they've developed. What, what are you looking at, uh, anything, or maybe what do you hope to see from somebody in the game coming up on Saturday? Well, I really wanted to see what Xavier Borgo looked like. I, when you look at the Q numbers, and he's got good numbers in the Quebec Major Junior League, but they, you know he won't be the first guy that had really good numbers in the Quebec Major Junior League. But he did get invited to the Canadian National Junior Team Summer Development Camp. That's not easy to do. It's not like they invite 120 players. you got to be pretty good. And watching him today, yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> there is a lot of skill, speed, he showed that, yeah, I can see why this guy is a first-round pick. So that was the guy I really wanted to see. The guy that impressed me probably the most was uh, Dmitry Samarukov. I, of all the players out there, and granted, this is just watching one session, and they weren't even scrimmaging. They were just doing drills. But he looked like, you know, of everybody out there, the guy that looks like, to me, the closest to being an NHL player. Uh there was he had you know he's a big rig but skates well shoots the puck well like just made great passes they were hard and on the tape and he looked like a pro and you know I, I guess he should uh, you know he's drafted in 2017 and he played in the KHL last year so he should have that type of uh, pedigree to this point so and then I wanted to look at some of the picks from this year um, and I thought Jake, Jake Chase on who plays with the Brandon Weekings. Uh, I liked what he brought to the party today. And uh, uh, Tyler Tulio, uh, I wanted to see what he had. And I saw some really good hands, quick hands from him. Uh, sounds like he'll be the captain of the Oshawa Generals this year in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, so those were, were some of the, the things I was looking for. Uh, goaltending, was, it, it started um, with three guys on the ice, but it only ended with two. And it was... Uh, Olivier Rodrigue and Stuart Skinner were on the ice, and that was it. Um, yeah, uh, Konovalov, he was out for the first little bit, took some drills, and then that was that was it. He was done for the day. So didn't get a real good look at him. And uh, I didn't see Ethan Kruger on the ice at all, so he was supposed to be there as a camp invite, but I didn't see him. Uh, so, yeah, that, I look forward to tomorrow. It's great to be back at the rink, and it, it's great to watch these guys that, uh, you know, are, are future, potential future players with the Oilers.
Somebody just wrote in, I saw a Bill Murray zombie movie that was a dry funny. That is Zombieland. That, that, uh, oh, that's there were two of those. Movie. They made a second one. I never saw the second one. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah I, I enjoyed that one. Kind of the zombie oh, comedy. Sp- the, the Bill Murray cameo is unbelievable. Because he I plays himself, Murray, doesn't I he? Saw, I, I saw Eddie Van Halen the other day, yeah? Well, how is he? Well, he's a zombie. Like, unbelievable. <laughs> All right. talking about... Go ahead. No, sorry. I, I just was going to say before we go, are, are you doing what I'm doing Saturday, hockey game, and then buzzing over to Commonwealth and see how, how uh, Cornelius does? As fast as I physically can. Yes, I will be there. Okay. Mooner, I'll see you at the rink tomorrow. Love when you come on the show, man. Have a great evening. Okay, thanks for having me on. That is Cam Moon, always in a great mood, always entertaining, always informative as we uh, went down the lane of movies on bus trips and uh, got the update. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a on Oilers rookie camp as well. 14-10 now, Washington leading the Giants. It is halftime. It's 7-51. Well, that's the headline today. Trevor Harris on the six-game injured list. Taylor Cornelius will start at quarterback for the Elks against the Bombers on Saturday. Coverage on 6.30. Ched will start with the countdown to kickoff at 6. The game starts at 7.45. I just saw this pop up on uh, just some random Instagram account that got recommended to me. Kellen, you're going to like this. Here's what it says. It's it's a picture of either Waldorf or Stadler from the Muppets. I'm not sure. I think it's Stadler. Uh, With or without a mustache. The text says, how to frighten the young generation. Put them in a room with a rotary phone, an analog watch, and a TV with no remote. Then leave directions on how to use those items in cursive. (laughs) That's amazing. Does anybody handwrite anymore? Do they teach handwriting? I mean, I print more than I write now, but I had to learn how to write in school back in Evansview Elementary. I guess it's all printing now. But certainly, I, I, would, I would think there would be a large portion of the population that would struggle with a rotary phone. I, I, people still have analog watches. I think, I think young people still have analog watches, regular wrist watches, so to mm-hmm. speak. Anyway, that made me laugh. We hope you got some smiles out of this show tonight, even though we had to touch on some heavier topics. You heard from Cam Moon, Dave Campbell, and Jeff Merrick. Don't forget, Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I am back with Inside Sports from 6 to 8 tomorrow evening. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio operator. Take care, everybody. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.